You're listening to Melissa and Lori Love Literacy. We ask teachers all over the world to call in and share what they're learning about reading science. In today's episode, you'll hear right from teachers about how they're implementing structured literacy practices in their classrooms this school year. Welcome, teacher friend. I'm Lori. And I'm Melissa. We are two literacy educators in Baltimore. We want the best for all kids, and we know you do too. Our district recently adopted a new literacy curriculum, which meant a lot of change for everyone. Lori and I can't wait to keep learning about literacy with you today. We want to give teachers a voice in the science of reading movement. This episode is truly inspiring as we head back to school. We ask educators all over the globe to call in and answer these two questions. What is the most important thing you've learned so far about the science of reading? And what is a goal you have this year connected to reading science? Thank you so much to all of our listeners and educators for calling in. We received so many submissions. Now, let's hear from our Literacy Lover community. Teachers will share what big things are happening in their classrooms related to reading science. My name is Alana, and I'm a reading interventionist, and the most important thing I've learned about the science of reading is that it's a growing body of research, and that the research needs to be practiced through our instruction, and that some pieces are more definitive, like our phonics and phonemic awareness instruction, and some parts, like comprehension, are more complex, but that all of those pieces of literacy need to be woven together and layered into our instruction in an explicit and systematic way. And a goal that I have this year connected to science of reading is to have students build their knowledge and vocabulary through connected text sets and um, comprehension through learning content. Thanks. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Lori. This is so exciting. It's one of your biggest Canadian fans calling right now. Um, I am going to answer your first question. Um, why is the science of reading important? And really, I only have two words to explain why I think it's important. And that is because it works. I have been on my science of reading learning journey since about 2013. I started my master's. I did my Orton-Gillingham training. And recently I um, was uh, certified as a structured literacy classroom teacher. And so I see how the reading research has helped inform my teaching practice. I see how kids are more motivated to learn. I see them uh, learning to read and wanting to read more, um, they're happier, and, and overall, too, I see fewer behaviors as a result of the fact that these students are learning to decode the words off the page and understanding what they're reading, not just enjoying being read to, but they're actually engaged readers themselves. Um, you know, I always think back to Stephen Dykstra's podcast episode where he talks about trauma and students who are not able to read and how we are actually 
um, perpetuating that trauma for students who come to school every single day with the high hope that they too can uh, learn to read uh, and understand those words on the pages like their peers, like their teachers, like their parents. And, you know, it breaks my heart when I think that we are unable to help um, some of our students actually learn the reading magic. So why is the science of reading important? It's important because it affects our, our students' confidence um, and belief in their self. Um, second question about a goal. My goal for this upcoming year is to do a much better uh, job of teaching vocabulary and building content knowledge. I have been listening to podcasts every single day while driving my, my children back and forth to swimming lessons and day camps. And I have been listening to Natalie Wexler's Knowledge Matters podcast. And it has just been bombshell after bombshell after bombshell. I think, oh my gosh, why didn't I know this before? And so my goal for the upcoming year is to do a better job of explicitly and systematically teaching vocabulary to my students, especially my multi-language learners who are coming in with no vocabulary basis at all, um, and ensuring that we're building their background knowledge so they have something for this new knowledge to stick to. So yeah, it looks like it's going to be an exciting year ahead. And and um, thank you for everything you do. You have really helped me on my science of reading learning journey. I've loved your podcast and uh, look forward to many more amazing podcasts with you in the near future. Thank you. Hi, my name is Annie. My role is a building instructional coach. And the most important thing I've learned so far about the science of reading is that we have a plethora of instructional strategies at our disposal that is in fact research-based. I've learned that the reading rope encompasses all of the necessary skills um, that a child needs to master to be able to comprehend what they're reading. And one of the most important things I've learned is that these strategies are especially important for our multilingual learners. Structured literacy is effective and it involves decoding and encoding every day when working on the word recognition side of reading. It encompasses vocabulary and background knowledge, language structures and literary knowledge. I've learned that our brains are naturally wired for speech, but through a systematic approach, we can map those speech sounds to print. The goal for me as a teacher this year is to really incorporate fluency into my daily practice with students and teachers um, as a role of an instructional coach, providing teachers time and professional learning to determine where this outstanding practice fits into their daily schedule. Most importantly, though, my goal is to continue to spread the word about the science of reading and try to become an advocate for pre-service programs so that teachers have the effective tools that they need to be able to teach students how to read. Hi, my name is Melanie Brether and I'm a full-time resource teacher in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And one of my passions closest to my heart is advocating for dyslexia awareness and the science of reading. And this uh, sparked, uh, was it was sparked by my son Benjamin's dyslexia diagnosis when he was just nine years old. He's going to be 12 next week and he is severely dyslexic. 
Uh, seeing the struggle academically and socially, emotionally has made it a mission for me to learn as much as I could about dyslexia. And then it led me down this path to the science of reading. Um, I've done extensive training, almost obsessive, um, because I want to be able to make an impact on my students. I even started a Decoding Dyslexia Quebec Facebook page so I can help parents who are navigating this journey as well, and also teachers. I think that for me, the most important thing that I've learned that there is, um, it is the body of research that the science of reading is. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. And something that I may do this year in my classroom based on that research may change over time. It may change within the next month and that all children can learn to read. We know that 95% of students can. And for me, I'm really interested in sharing the impact of not knowing how to read has on your self-esteem. I see that every single day with my son and it's heartbreaking. Uh, my goal this year is to continue to advocate for change and awareness, and I hope teachers can make small changes. They don't have to do everything at once because that is extremely overwhelming. A simple one, for example, is to stop using the three queuing system. And for me personally in the classroom, I mean, I can go on and on about this, is to see my groups of students more often and use my programs and approaches with fidelity. Um, and progress monitoring my students often and share that data with my classroom teachers and parents as well. I also won the Nessie Dyslexia Aware Teacher of the Year this past year, and this is my obsession, my mission. And I love listening to podcasts as well and learning about that. And I actually met Melissa and Lori in Syracuse, New York last year at the Reading League. So I love the podcast and I, and that's it. Hey, Melissa and Lori, it is here, but I work in Baltimore City Public Schools, and I will be teaching a seventh grade ELA this fall for the second year in a row, and I'm very excited about that. I would say as far as the answers go, right, what is a goal that I have this year connected to reading science? I want to be more thorough uh, about exposing students to Scarborough's rope, right? Like there are so many foundational aspects of reading that are incredibly important to show students, but not just show students, right? We talk a lot about building knowledge for students, and a lot of times we think that we don't have to show students the sort of ins and outs, right? And I want to be more thorough. I want to be more transparent about word recognition language comprehension, and ultimately how those different strands of the rope blend together to produce skilled reading. So that's exposing students and telling them the importance of a lesson and why building background knowledge is incredibly important, but also how vocabulary is embedded within that. But not just that, for my friends who are a little bit below grade level, understanding word recognition, right, and decoding that a part of the brain is, is, is dedicated to uh, decoding so it's focused on that, right? And a lot of cognitive energy is focused on decoding and not quite comprehending. And that's why it's important to have a multifaceted approach. And I think a lot of times we get bogged down in the science of reading and we don't want to sort of um, peel the veil back, right? It's like a credit card with so many hidden strings. Well, why don't we just present the information to students? Trust that they'll understand it with a good, thorough explanation of how this is going to help them, including explaining it to their parents and their families. 
So I say all that to say my one big goal this year is to show students that there are so many strands connected to reading. It's all incredibly important, but it's also really fun. If we can build student knowledge of the skills that it takes to become a more fluent and a better reader, ultimately kids benefit from that. And I think that's the most equitable thing to do. Carol McKinley. My role is a recently retired part-time literacy coach. My response to question one, there are many, many important things I have learned regarding the science of reading, but I think the most important thing I've learned so far is that our brains are not wired to read. In my reading recovery training in the late 80s, we were told that learning to read is as natural as learning to talk. Oh, as a result of the research using functional MRIs by cognitive psychologists, we now know that is absolutely not true. And hearing Stanislaw Dehane speak at the 2022 Plain Talk Conference was a highlight of my career. The second question, I am very excited because this is our first year implementing CKLA and our second year implementing the Writing Revolution. However, as the newly retired part-time literacy coach, my main goal this year is to, is to support our new full-time literacy coach, learn the reading science and understand the incredible science of reading journey our K-3 teachers have already traveled since 2019. So helping our teachers continue to shift from the misaligned practices of balanced literacy to the research-based effective literacy practices according to the reading science is my second goal this year. Thank you. Jennifer, middle school reading interventionist. Reading is a complex cognitive process that involves various skills and neural mechanisms. The fascinating brain research has demonstrated specific brain areas are active during reading, such as the left hemispheres, Broca's area, Wernicke's area. Quality reading instruction based on the science is best for all children's success. Reading develops in stages from early pre-reading skills to fluent reading later on and socioeconomic factors can impact reading development with children from disadvantaged backgrounds facing more challenges in acquiring reading skills. What is the goal that I have this year connected to reading science? Um, my goal is to work to improve the middle school literacy program aiming to promote effective reading instruction and improve reading outcomes for children. And the two ways that I intend to do this, first, to develop better assessment tools, to uh, better understand individual reading difficulties early on and tailor interventions accordingly because we know that personalized targeted interventions are effective in helping struggling readers improve their skills. And uh, secondly, to address reading equity, to ensure all children, regardless of their backgrounds and socioeconomic status, have access to quality reading instruction and resources. Hello, I am Becky Sellers. I teach 
seventh grade language arts, uh, full-time teacher. Um, I am going back and getting my master's in curriculum and instruction, my second master's in <laughs> curriculum and instruction. Um, and so I started this kind of journey in, in the science of reading a long time ago, but came back to it very recently. Um, and so the, the most important thing that I've learned in the last couple of weeks, months that I've, that I've been getting back into this work is really just how complicated comprehension. So when we think about, you know, comprehension, I have been told by administration, you know, for the last 10 years, um, you know, we need to see specific growth on specific learning targets and, and, you know, the standards. And um, I, you know, as I've been listening through the podcast and doing my own reading, I'm realizing that that's impossible. And it's really interesting and fascinating. And so just understanding the complexity of reading comprehension um, has been my biggest takeaway so far. And just that it does have to be messy and I can't stick it in a standards-based grade book and show, you know, whether or not kids have mastered material um, because it is all dependent on all sorts of things, you know, not only the background knowledge and, and um, you know, how, how, what the lexile level is of the text or whatever, but also, you know, whether or not the kid ate breakfast that day. Um, and so that is, that has been my biggest, the biggest thing I've learned, I think. Um, second question this year, I am planning to implement a lot more with fluency. So listening to Tim Rosinski talk um, about just how fluency is, is that bridge um, that might move the needle for kids who can decode but aren't, still aren't comprehending. That has been my issue in, in seventh grade for many years, um, or eighth grade, I was eighth grade for a while before that. And so just trying to get kids to do better with that aspect of it um, is going to be my goal for this year. So I'm using chat GPT to create some screenplays um, centered around some of the topics that we're doing this year, um, where I'm going to be doing a lot more, you know, I've, I've watched some of the Anita Archer videos on explicit vocabulary instruction. I'll be doing that um, a lot more this year, more explicitly. Um, and so fluency just with like the choral reading of definitions, choral reading of instructions, just simple things to add that into our day. Uh, that is going to be my goal. So I'm hoping to, um, really tie in some of these new things I'm learning. I'm also trying to do more with morphology and vocabulary, but I've, I've realized there's a lot more there that I don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm looking into some, some training on that. Um, so that's where I'm at. Um, and yeah, thanks for letting me share. My name is Shelly. I am an MTSS literacy specialist in Kansas working with all secondary schools. We started a walk to intervention for K through 12 two years ago. 
One of the most important things I've learned with working with secondary students is they do need some structured phonics, but we've got to get them to fluency as quickly as possible and then generalize to regular text. And we've seen it's made a humongous difference in our district. Um, I can't remember the other question. We have students who have been in phonics intervention and fluency um, reading at fourth grade level and now reading at grade level. We have students who are in AP Euro and AP classes passing the exams because of our interventions. And I'm proud to say that. My name is Robin. I'm a literacy coach. My goal for this year is to use more multimodal um, activities to enhance my students' learning and enhance my instruction. Um, the one thing I have learned about the science of reading, although that's the only way I've ever known how to teach reading, um, I had to learn the the bad way to teach reading, I guess, in order to identify um, for teachers what needed to be changed, and that has caused me to be super patient. Um, as teachers really, really took this seriously and personally, and there's a lot of guilt. So I've had to reassure teachers um, and be patient myself. Kim, I am a new second grade teacher in North Carolina. I've taught um, prior grades. My most important thing I've learned so far about the science of reading is how our brains are born wired to speak or for oral language, but we have to be explicitly taught how to read. And also that systematic and sequential explicit instruction can benefit all readers. A goal that I have this year relates to me moving back down to second grade of foundational grade and making sure that I'm giving my students a firm foundation in the word recognition side of the reading rope while also building up that language comprehension strand. My name is Amanda Wader and I teach second grade. Uh, so for the first question, I think the most important thing that I've learned is how to effectively teach students how to read. When I first began teaching, you know, it was the three cueing system. It was look at the picture. Does it sound right? Does it make sense? And there was always this nagging feeling in my gut where this isn't what my kids need. This isn't working. But I wasn't quite sure what to do and how to change it because that's what I was taught when I was in school. Um, so I. I think the, the biggest thing is how to effectively teach students how to read, how to use, you know, phonemic awareness and phonic instruction as a, in a direct, systematic and explicit way. Um, and also, you know, familiarizing myself with the two sides of Scarborough's reading rope and knowing that both sides are so important, yet the leverage should be used differently for both sides. And they should be taught so differently. Like I said, phonics, phonemic awareness, that should be direct, systematic, explicit. But comprehension needs to occur through teaching content. It's not a set of skills. It's not something you can say, okay, today we're going to do main idea. We'll focus on that all this week. And then I'll assess you on it at the end of the week. No, I, I need to start building my students' background knowledge and 
through all of that content knowledge, then their comprehension will come. Um, you know, using rich vocabulary, it's, I, I would say that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Um, and for the second question, I feel like I have so many goals aligning to the science of reading. First, I'm adding more systematic morphology instruction to my phonics time. I've been doing a lot of research on morphology and etymology and how to break that down for my students to really get the meaning of what they're reading. And um, that's one thing that I'm really excited about is adding in that morphology instruction. Um, I want to increase word knowledge through that vocabulary, through etymology. That's something that I'm really excited for. Um, another goal that I have is I'm going to use the writing revolution text, which I'm really excited for, and align. I'm going to align that to my content-rich ELA curriculum that I'm using. Um, and secondly, I was, or I'm sorry, thirdly, I was actually tasked with writing our second grade ELA curriculum. Um, I'm actually going back for my degree in supervisor of curriculum and instruction, and I feel that my background in the science of reading, my letters training, that's really going to help that goal of designing a curriculum that meets our needs and aligns with our view of how to effectively teach our students to read. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Bye-bye. Hi, Melissa and Lori. My name is Elise Turo Frederick. I'm a first grade teacher. I'll be a second grade teacher next year. I'm in Prairieville, Louisiana. I've been teaching for 14 years. I have two master's degrees in education and a reading specialist certification. I've been a two-time teacher of the year and district teacher of the year, um, a Milken Educator Award recipient, a student teacher mentor, and I'm a TAP mentor teacher. My proudest accomplishment is that I've taught hundreds of people how to read. Your first question was, what is the most important thing you learned so far about the science of reading? And um, when I read that, I thought about um, the first time I read Teaching Reading is Rocket Science by Queen Louisa Mote um, about how researchers estimate that 95% of students can be taught to read um, with future achievement constrained by only by their reasoning and listening comprehension abilities. And I thought, wow, <laughs> that is not the case for my students, the kids on my campus, district, state, you know, et cetera. So the most important thing for me is realizing how much power I have to make a difference as a teacher. So I learned a little bit about how the brain learns to read and that my instruction can cause those neural pathways. And teachers don't have to understand the brain like a scientist to teach a student how to read. We have to understand a little bit. We have to understand that reading is connecting those graphemes to phonemes and, and morphemes to some extent. So any strategy that students use to compensate for not knowing how to read is detrimental to building that neural network. To your question about a goal, what goal I have um, related to reading science. So I'm in a unique position because I looped from kindergarten to first grade in the 21-22 school year with my students. And now I'm looping up from first to second grade. So I know the students who will be in my class. I ended last year with two students on yellow and dibbles, which means they, they're gonna need strategic support more than the core curriculum in order to become a proficient reader. Um, in that Pathways of Progress feature on Dibbles, it showed that 17 of my 22 students made well above typical progress, 
three students made above typical progress and one student just made typical. So everybody grew at least a year, but we want, you know, all students to grow more than a year, of course. So thinking about that and then thinking about when the kids get to third grade and especially beyond, that teachers aren't equipped to teach students how to read because they have their own skill set. Very little of their work will be in the lowest range of Scarborough's work. Scarborough's rope. I've heard so many upper grade science, social studies, and math teachers say a social studies test is really a reading test. So my goal for my second graders is they is that they completely master the alphabetic code, including fluency, including spelling, and even handwriting. My goal is for Dibble's pathways of progress to show all students above or well above typical progress. And I have a plan for that. I want to do that through being an expert implementer of my tier one curriculum, CKLA skills. I'm going to weave in additional repetitions, multimodal components, and equip students to self-assess and provide feedback to one another. And I'm going to involve my students in their own goal setting, their own goal tracking, and do as much work as possible to promote student ownership. Melissa and Lori, thank you for your podcast. I've learned so much from you and from your guests. Um, I began this science of reading journey during the pandemic when we were all quarantined. And when I returned to campus, I was on fire. I got my kindergarten team to, you know, join this science of reading path, we ditched the levels, leveled readers, and we just became very strategic. All of the accolades I've received are really just because I'm passionate about literacy and people notice that passion and they want the best for their students too. So thank you both because my students are more skilled readers and writers because of you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Lisa. I'm a literacy coach. I think one thing that I've learned about um, SOR is in order to make real sustainable change, we need to have administrators very much versed in the research and really to understand what science of reading um, is um, and what effective practices are. I think we are very lucky in Massachusetts to have a who I would someone I'd consider a trailblazer, and that's Brent Conway. Um, he's proof that um, leadership that's um, all in um, and you know uh, very much up with all the current research. Um, you know, he he's a driving force in his district and has made great strides. Um, so yeah, that's what I think. Um, and then a goal for myself this year is I really want to focus, um, on our, um, multilingual learners and newcomers and making sure that they have access to real rigorous, um, content, um, and as well as our kids who receive special education services. Um, I, I feel like that's an area that, um, you know, is, is somewhat untapped as far as um, implementing scaffolds and things like that that are um, continue to be rigorous, um, but, you know, giving them that access.
that. So thank you. Hi, Melissa and Lori. My name is Dawn DiLorenzo. Um, I am a special education teacher. This is my 23rd year. I am currently teaching fourth grade and we are in a middle school. Uh, it's a K to eight setting. Uh, again, so I'm a special education teacher and I'm also a teacher leader for my district. And I also serve as a, um, what they call an educator in residence for the Progress Center, which is a center funded by the U.S. Department of Education Office of Special Education Programs. So what have I learned this summer? <laughs> so much that I've learned. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I felt like special education teachers were somewhat insulated from these reading wars because we've been teaching systematically and explicitly forever. Um, but one of the things, one of your questions, what's the most important thing that I've learned so far? And for me, I feel like it is that the pillars can't be silos and everything um, like the reading robe, into, it's, it inter, interweaves with each other. And that um, as a teacher, and you guys know this, you know, you try to have your your phonics block and your comprehension time and your vocabulary time. And I really um, kind of ties into the second part, but one of the, one of my goals for this year is to find a way to incorporate that um, much more seamlessly and weave it together. Um, and as a special education teacher, I, I, I know that the big focus has been on the general population, like your tier one, um, but so many of us in special education feel like our hair is on fire when these kids come to us and they can't read, um, particularly as a fourth grade teacher. I feel like that's the year, like, God, we got to turn this ship around. It's now or never because all the research shows that, you know, after fourth grade, it's like three to four times harder to get these kids reading. Um, but I've definitely learned that I cannot ignore uh, the knowledge. And that's come from so many of your podcasts and through need, uh, reading the knowledge gap. And uh, we have wit and wisdom, and I'm definitely going to incorporate that into my curriculum. I have the freedom to do that. So this year, what I've been looking at is utilizing that. So and increasing that knowledge base, because even though my students are still struggling and some of them severely with decoding um, and, and coding, they are thirsty for knowledge. And my goal is to always get those students back into the mainstream. And I want them to be up to par with their peers. I want to return them with the, you know, if they're fourth graders, I want them to have a fourth grade knowledge base. I want them to have a fourth grade vocabulary. And yes, I want them to be decoding at a fourth grade level. Um, but if they aren't, that shouldn't be um, an excuse for holding them back from the knowledge that their peers are getting. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for all the information uh, that you've shared with educators. And I look forward to your podcast all the time. And I'm so looking forward to seeing all the great things that come from you ladies in the future. Hello, my name is Jennifer Lasher. I teach first grade in the East Meadow School District on Long Island in New York. The most important thing that I've learned about SOR is an understanding of the research based on how individuals learn to read and the best practices for reading instruction. Children acquire a language automatically. 
reading is not natural and needs to be taught. Research has also proven that teaching content knowledge is teaching reading. I've shifted my thinking and pedagogy from a balanced literacy approach to structured literacy. My goal is to effectively integrate all of the strands of Scarborough's reading rope into my daily instruction to help my learners become proficient readers. The delivery of literacy instruction this year will be explicit, systematic, and sequential. Our literacy program consists of foundations and core knowledge language arts. We're utilizing the knowledge units. This is such an amazing and rewarding time to be an educator, a moonshot. Helping each child read proficiently is challenging and means doing things in a different way, but we can do it. Lori, I met you at Plain Talk. I was starstruck. Ladies, keep up the great work. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Hi, my name is Deanna. I am a parent and the primary learning coach for my daughter and my son. They are attending a virtual charter public school at home. We made this choice because unfortunately my daughter was not learning to read with her brick and mortar public school. So I'm not a formal teacher, but inadvertently I learned about the science of reading. I listened to the Sold the Story podcast. I watched the Right to Read movie and I was taught to read 1998 with phonics. So I'm very passionate about helping my local community, my library, learn about the science of reading. And your podcast is definitely a wonderful follow-up to the Sold Story podcast. And I recommend it to all my friends, to my family, to teachers, because this literacy crisis can be solved. And we know what we need to do. We can do it. And I am looking forward to my state of Georgia moving to structured literacy by 2025 because it can be done and your podcast helps. Thank you. Thanks for listening, literacy lovers. To stay connected with us, sign up for our email list at literacypodcast.com. And to keep learning together, join the Melissa and Lori Love Literacy Podcast Facebook group and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. If this episode resonated with you, take a moment to share with a teacher friend or leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Just a quick reminder that the views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the Melissa and Lori Love Literacy podcast are not necessarily the opinions of Great Minds, PBC, or its employees. We appreciate you so much, and we're so glad you're here to learn with us.